Welcome to 20-Minute Health Talk. Today, Dr. Dwayne Brining, Executive Director of Northwell Health Labs, explores how his work could lead to a breakthrough in COVID-19 testing nationwide. This is part two of our discussion with Dr. Brining. Last week, Dr. Brining answered some common questions about COVID-19 testing. Whenever a new variant emerges, there's immediate testing to see if all the test kits we use are accurate against Omicron, and they are. That episode is available on all podcast platforms. Dr. Brining's lab is not only working overtime to keep up with the exponential growth and demand for COVID tests, now his team is rolling out new tech that enables labs to dramatically expand capacity in the event of another variant, virus, or pandemic. Dr. Brining, thanks so much for joining us. Tell me how your staff is doing. They have to be working nonstop on this. Uh, you know, the laboratory staffs, you know, not just in my lab, but, you know, across the country and the world are heroic. Uh, these are people who are very dedicated. Uh, they have very specialized knowledge. They're usually working behind the scenes, slaving away, you know, 24 seven, most clinical labs are running 365 days a year. And, uh, these people don't need the spotlight or any recognition to be motivated to do what they do. So they keep chugging along and, uh, you know, their, uh, their performance throughout this has been absolutely inspiring. There is a big issue with access for testing at the policy level. Decision makers have promised to expand testing sites and there are plans to distribute 1 billion home tests. Dr. Brining, what are you seeing? Uh, we're seeing a lot of testing demand uh, with Omicron. Uh, Omicron is uh, spreading much more rapidly uh, than any of the variants seen before. Um, and that's driving a lot of the testing. But I think there's also been uh, more public awareness of how important testing is, and that's driving more uh, testing uh, demand as well. Um, so that's good news. Um, I know it doesn't feel like it right now, but uh, laboratories in general have about twice as much testing capacity as they've ever had before. Um, unfortunately, Omicron has spread so quickly that it's, uh, it, you know, the demand has even exceeded uh, that amount of additional laboratory testing capacity. Um, we've seen uh, more testing now than we've ever done before in this COVID crisis. We've uh, gotten as high as about 25,000 tests a day wow. uh, we were doing on a daily basis. That's about twice as much as we could do before. And we're one of the medical system labs that could do more testing than anyone else. Um, that started to come down a bit in recent days. So we're cautiously optimistic that we've seen the peak of this and hopefully that'll continue uh, to go down and we can catch our breath a bit. Yeah. I mean, when we first saw Omicron, it was like 20%. And then it was uh, the next week, it was 80%. Now, pretty much 100% of all um, samples are Omicron. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's a good point, actually. Uh, when uh, when Omicron started overtaking Delta, uh, there was real concern because some of the antibody infusion therapies uh, are less effective, not effective, essentially, against Omicron, uh, but they work against Delta. So there was a real concern uh, in the laboratory industry that we might need to do some testing to distinguish Omicron from Delta. So we started um, developing that testing in our lab and got far enough along to see that from one week to the next, uh, Omicron had gone from 20% of our positive tests to 80% in about a six-day time period, and it was still very much on the upswing. So we knew that within a matter of a day or two, we would be virtually at 100% Omicron. So it ended up being a non-issue. We're not doing uh, subtyping at this point. But uh, we went far enough in that exploration that we know we can do it if we have to. And in the future, we're almost certainly going to have to at some point when a new variant arises. Yeah. What is Northwell doing to increase access to testing? 
Uh, well, with the Omicron spread, uh, Northwell immediately relaunched some of its drive-through testing sites and walk-up sites. Uh, most of our places are by appointment. Um, we have a new uh, laboratory technology that we launched in the lab that allows people to do a, a, an easy nasal swab and they can uh, enter their information on their cell phone uh, or smart device, uh, which allows more rapid access and uh, it's easier to launch these kind of drive-through sites. So Northwell's uh, supported that from the beginning and uh, relaunched a lot of those uh, across different geographic areas to allow more access to testing. Yeah, I love this lab gold. So just give me a quick little description of lab gold because it seems like with lab gold, you don't have to wait for somebody to call you. You can just find out on your smartphone what your results are. Yeah, so about uh, a year ago, uh, we became aware of a trial test that was being done on, on a new testing system that basically allows people to swab themselves to um, to enter their own uh, information about the specimen and actually uh, scan a pre-barcoded uh, specimen collection device uh, so that it could come into the lab and basically be ready to analyze on the machine. And... Uh, we saw these machines are actually an adaptation of machines that are used in the agricultural industry where they do a lot of genotyping of the food crops. Um, you know, some of these places, I didn't know this until I became involved. They're doing over a million PCR tests a day at a very low cost. So the smart people at the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation uh, had the idea to try and adapt this machinery to do diagnostic testing. And they needed basically some clinical laboratories to help them uh, gather patients to test this uh, device and this uh, this testing pathway to see if it was going to be accurate enough to be launched in the clinical world. So we helped them out with this trial. That gave us the opportunity to send some of our laboratory scientists to the lab uh, out in Iowa where they were doing this testing. We were very impressed and immediately made the, the decision to invest in getting this uh, testing technology on board. And uh, as that got underway, we made that decision independently of the Gates Foundation, but the Gates Foundation has actually helped us with some funding to help develop this for clinical testing. So can you put a, um, a timeline on the, the rollout of Lab Gold at Northwell? We were able to start doing um, you know, some trial testing with our laboratory personnel uh, by the uh, summertime. And we've done quite a bit of that, actually, Dr. Tyler's Chang, who was, you know, our lead scientist developing this stuff is probably the most swabbed person on earth mm -hmm. right now because <laughs> he would routinely, you know, swab himself about 800 times to keep feeding this machine and do validation testing. And a lot of us in the laboratory participated with that. Um, so we were able to jump out pretty quickly with our own lab employees and provide that testing uh, as our pilot group. And uh, once that matured, we started offering it to uh, more of our uh, employee person and then uh, with the Omicron crisis, uh, basically right on time, we were able to start rolling this out. And we've done as many as I think we've done 12,000 tests um, in a day um, on this machine. It's a bit of a stretch uh, given some of the, the technology that's not fully cooked on this thing yet. Uh, but that is actually as much testing as we could do in the rest of the laboratory combined. Um, and it's really only about one-tenth of the eventual capacity of this machine. So we're very excited. Yeah, I think when, when this was rolled out, and this was rolled out first to Northwell employees, uh, was it surprising how many employees actually went and took that test and, and how quickly that all went? 
Yeah, it's um, you know this this one of the the, the genius of this uh, testing pathways. It, it marries this very robust and proven uh, technology, high throughput analytical uh, testing machinery on the back end with a very easy uh, and easily scalable test sampling system. So we've got these uh, little pre-barcoded uh, swab-in tube devices. It looks like a, a very tiny, uh, uh, like a nail polish container where the brush is built into the cap. Uh, there's no chemicals in there. Uh, these things are very small. They're about as big as a pen cap, you know, from a typical ink pen. Um, and they can be deployed anywhere because there's no chemicals in them. There's no storage conditions that need to be met or anything like that. Once the sample is taken, there's no special transport conditions or anything that need to be met. And because it's self-sampled and self-accessioned by the person who's doing the testing, it is literally as easy as putting a couple of baskets of these uh, swabs uh, out in a public place uh, with a QR code that people can scan with their, you know, their iPhone or their Android phone. And uh, then they scan the barcode on the tube, enter some information so that we have their identification and then drop the tube off in a rack after they've done their own sampling. It takes about, you know, five seconds to do the sampling. Um, to give you an idea, uh, when we started rolling out very quickly testing for our workforce, which was a big concern with Omicron because it was spreading so quickly, um, you know, in healthcare, you can have a loss of essential services if uh, this uh, infection spreads throughout your workforce. So we wanted to start testing right away. Within about two hours of putting one of these testing kiosks out in one of our buildings, we had about a thousand of our employees come through and swab themselves. Wow. It is that easily deployable. Wow. What do you think this will uh, mean for the uh, community and the general public once this was rolled out to the, to the general public? You know, we did start rolling it out for some of our drive-through sites. It's been very successful um, from a technological standpoint and a lab accuracy standpoint. Uh, we we branded it internally as Lab Gold because it is gold standard PCR testing. It's as accurate as anything else we do in the lab, so it's fantastic. But uh, one of the real challenges of COVID, and we still haven't quite met it yet, is uh, the scalability. Um, of healthcare in general, uh, but lab testing is what I'm involved in. And, uh, you know, in healthcare in, in the U.S. in general, we, we haven't generally had to scale uh, from, you know, going from your usual amount of business and patient care to all of a sudden having to do 10 times or 100 times as much. Um, that scalability is the real challenge in deploying to meet the, the challenge of COVID. Uh, this technology allows us to do that. And uh, the key thing is, is we can do 10 times as much testing, 50 times as much testing using this type of technology without having to get 10 times or 50 times as many lab techs or as many nurse practitioners or specialized healthcare personnel to either do the sampling on the front end or to do the testing on the back end. And that's really what this technology, when we, you know, fully mature it, I mean, we're, we're inventing some of the machines to do this as we're going along and doing the testing. So it's not quite mature technology yet. Uh, but once we get it there, and I think that'll be by the end of this year, uh, that rapid expandability and rapid access to testing could really solve a lot of the problems with COVID. So, Dr. Brining, when we're talking about, you know, how much more testing is going to be done nationally and, and some of the barriers that face, how is what you're doing here at Northwell going to help the rest of the country when it comes to increasing testing? 
Yeah, I think a lot of the laboratory industry is focusing on uh, developing uh, this type of flexibility and scalability of different testing platforms to do more testing. Um, we're very excited about this platform, actually, because we think it could be a key component of uh, solving that problem. Um, you know, as I mentioned, the, the real riddle that we have to solve is this ability to, on very short notice, as we saw with Omicron, basically do 10 times as much testing, 100 times as much testing. And that's not enough time to hire 100 times as many lab techs, if you could even find them. They don't, they don't really exist. Um, so uh, having technology that allows us to do this, I think, is a key part of the approach to this. And, uh, you know, what we're working on now is if we can get some of our clinical laboratory peers throughout the country, uh, maybe in some sort of regional distribution to adapt this type of technology. And we're talking to the government right now if they could perhaps provide some funding that would ease the burden of switching to new technology. Um, if you could get 10 or 20 large medical system-based laboratories like we are throughout the country, regionally spread throughout the United States, adopting this technology, um, I think that would go a long way toward essentially solving uh, the amount of testing needs that are needed, uh, you know, not just for COVID, but for the next COVID that comes along as well. Uh, you know, PCR technology, um, in addition to being so sensitive and so accurate, has the ability to pretty rapidly be redesigned for a new organism, you know, so whatever the new pandemic is that comes along, or if it's a new variant, as we determined when we thought we might have to do some, some Omicron testing uh, in this current surge, um, you can readily adapt this technology to meet any of the new challenges. So uh, we're pretty hopeful that we can, you know, develop this further along that pathway. Yeah, uh, hopefully there won't be any more variants, but we have to be prepared for that. So people want to know, do I have Delta or Omicron? Yeah, right now there's no easy way uh, to to know of that. There are um, there are one or two PCR testing platforms that you know really just by happenstance, uh, as one of their targets happen to have a target that is a uh, uh, there's a mutation on Omicron specifically uh, where that target doesn't work. So it's something called a, a target failure on that. Uh, testing technology. It's not one of the uh, technologies that we run in the uh, Northwell lab. It's one of the few, actually, that we don't run in the Northwell lab. Um, so, you know, if you're lucky enough that your testing is done on that platform, you might get some indication as to whether you have Omicron or not. But again, it it hadn't become a clinical issue where that information was needed to guide clinical treatment once it was clear that Omicron was going to be 100% of the new infections. Um, you no longer have to do that additional test to make a clinical decision as to whether someone has Omicron or not because anybody getting a new infection now has Omicron. You think as fast as it skyrocketed up, it'll skyrocket down? No, I don't. I think um, there's probably going to be a long tail of this uh, because as long as anyone has it, anyone who hasn't had it before um, is likely to get it um, because it spreads so easily. Um, so it went up so quickly, you know, again, because everyone was gathering indoors at the exact time that this more transmissible variant hit. Um, 
but I think that tail is going to be uh, a lot longer as the cases go down just because, uh, you know, it's still transmissible as long as there's people who still have it and as long as there's people who haven't had it yet, um, there's a likelihood that it'll spread. Now, the, the big question is how much protection do you get from having an Omicron infection uh, from reinfection? Um, we don't know that yet. Um, you know, the early indications are you get, you get at least some, and uh, you probably get some pretty good protection uh, for a while. We don't know how long from getting reinfected with the same variant uh, or even one of the other variants if one of them happens to uh, arise again. Um, but we don't know how long that'll last, so we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, you know, some people some people get down on the the NFL and the NHL because they have a lot of uh, infections. But the, partially the reason is because they're po- they're tested all the time, and so they know. And that's that's the thing with being tested; you'll know. That's right. In the uh, you know professional sports, they can't very well play the game you know with masks on and they're in close contact no matter what they do. So they try and mitigate that um, by doing testing. You know, pretty much every day. Uh, they're getting testing, and the idea is you can pick up the infection quickly, isolate those people, basically, you know, separate everybody until the virus dies out in the people that it's infected, and you've isolated the spread. That's ba- that's the basic principle behind all of infection control. When you find out someone's infected, everybody spreads out far enough from each other so that the virus can't jump from one person to the next person, and then it fizzles out. That's also important in preventing the emergence of new variants. The virus can't mutate if it's not incubating and spreading. Um, so, you know, it's very disheartening to see how many people are refusing to get vaccines. Um, it's very disheartening to see how slow the worldwide rollout of vaccines is. And when you're in a, uh, a place that uh, so, has so much international travel as New York, you know, I think everybody knows it here just kind of innately that uh, until uh, the worldwide problem is solved, we will never completely solve, you know, the New York problem. Any place with a big international airport, you know, you're never going to completely solve this until everyone gets vaccinated and this, uh, you know, the infection levels go down everywhere. Okay. Well, with that being said, we like to end on a positive note here on 20 Minute Health Talk. So what gives you hope what gives you optimism moving forward? Uh, I think there's a lot of things. I think the healthcare industry is getting their arms around how to respond to this. Uh, even though Omicron spread faster than anybody expected and anybody was ready for it, to be honest, uh, we didn't reach the hospital overcrowding situation that we had before. Uh, and, uh, you know, at Northwell, we are b- very ready and able to open up, you know, more beds and more capacity for patient care if we needed to. We never got to those trigger points that we'd have to do that. Um, Within Northwell, even though all the other laboratories have struggled to keep up with the uh, turnaround times, uh, for all of our in-house testing, we've been able to keep it to about, you know, 48 hours or less. Uh, That's because of that additional testing capacity. That's because we have a pretty well-oiled system of prioritizing which patients need the testing faster. Uh, The new technology that I talked about, uh, if we can roll that out nationwide as it gets fully developed in the next year or so, uh, that will put us on a good footing to respond to whatever crisis is going to come next. I think the testing demand, the high testing demand, is indicative of the fact that uh, the general public is realizing how important testing is, and that's driving more of that demand. So there's a lot of good signs here, Uh, a lot of stuff to... uh, 
to take home uh, uh, with uh, with an optimistic picture of uh, how we're preparing for this and how, you know, even though it's likely that this challenge is never going to completely go away, we keep getting more and more prepared for it and to meet it. And I think someday, you know, COVID's going to be around and we're going to be treating it just like we treat the flu now. Well, Dr. Dwayne Brining, Executive Director of Northwell Health Labs, thank you so much for joining us here on 20 Minute Health Talk. And for you, the listener, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Rob Boyle. Have a great day. Get more expert insight from some of the leading voices in healthcare today. Subscribe to 20 Minute Health Talk on Podbean, Pandora, Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you get your podcasts.